Maybe we're nut jobs about our process, but it works. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today I will be joined by Ashley Lawson and Sabina Hahn. Uh, both of Beacons Point team uh, ha- really work on uh, on our client work, but kind of have always worked on this kind of like vendor management, outsourcing management. Um, and Ashley also works kind of our, our client success uh, manager as well. And really what we're talking about today is, is really this like process that you have to build and manage and and kind of like run your vendors. Now, it's not lost on us that we are a marketing agency and to our clients, we are a vendor to them. And that is something that we very much consciously think of when we are uh, working with them. How do we continue to improve that? But we as an agency, as a company, also have other vendors. We have uh, we have some that help us with writing, some that help us with uh, getting things transcribed. We have people that help us with all sorts of things that either we need a little more help with or maybe not our specialty, things that we help for internally for ourselves or for some clients in some cases. And you know, we wanted to really share, open up the hood a little bit and share some insight of how we go about it, the frameworks, the templates, the things that we have done to make this process smooth and easy because if anybody's managed vendors in more of a service-based, you know, not necessarily contract, uh, you know, working in manufacturing, you've got, uh, you know, bids out and you've got on, you know, contracts, but more you're hiring freelancers, you're hiring people off of Upwork, you're dealing with agencies or vendors or companies, and really how do you manage this process and how do you work with them on an ongoing basis uh, and such. So we have a great conversation. We talk about everything from how to vet vendors, how, you know, what are the most important things to think of, uh, what are some tips if this is new for you. And just as a reminder, you know, like what we're doing now with our podcast is we're trying to find ways to help you and your job be better. Um, And we know many marketers, many salespeople wear many hats in companies and managing vendors is one of them. And so we wanted to provide some, some insight and tips of how to better do that process and enjoy. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today I have a co-host, Sabina Hahn. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me come back. I didn't mess it up enough the first time. Yeah. So I'm going to try it again. <laughs> you, you've been... <laughs> yeah, we only had to cut a few times. Uh, so I would say that's a success. And today we are talking all about vendor management um, and working with outsourced vendors. And so we brought in... We brought in Ashley Lawson from the Beacons Point team, our client success manager. Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, and we think I kind of as we're kind of been talking about the podcast and we've been talking about updated topics and this thing, I think this is something that's overlooked because so many uh, companies out there, so many marketing teams, sales teams, you know, they are, uh, even if they are working with an agency, they're also working with other vendors and even working with an agency as a vendor. And I don't think this topic is really discussed enough because a lot goes into managing and working with vendors and outsourced partners. And so I think this is going to be a fun conversation. And I want to start, I'm going to start with you, Ashley, because you manage this for us uh, here at Beacons Point. Can you give us like, what is an overview of what goes into vendor management and like some of the things that go that are involved in it? Sure. Um, so I actually inherited vendor management from Sabina, who was our vendor manager before. Um, but yeah, basically it requires, um, you know, anything that we can 
outsource, we do try to outsource that to make sure that all of the, um, you know, the things that need our attention are given the attention and we're not using time um, that we could be spending, you know, creating in-depth strategies or optimizing by, you know, doing tasks that we can outsource to others. So we have uh, vendors for design. um, And then we also have vendors for doing some blog uh, writing. And we have vendors for doing like any eBooks or guides, uh, just doing the execution of the writing after we give them the outlines. Um, And we have some transcribers. So if we do like we're doing here, like any you know, audio shoots or podcasting. Um, we have someone to go and edit the transcript since AI is just not really there yet. We have a human touch to go and make sure that those transcripts are usable. I think those are the main ones that we have right now. So it's just really like as the project manager, um, being able to go and uh, tap in a vendor when that time comes in the process. Uh, so that we can go in and, you know, make sure the vendors are also keeping on those same timelines that we like to stick to um, and making sure the quality is there, uh, as well as making sure, um, you know, we're communicating with them and giving them what they need. So that's kind of an overview of um, how we use vendors at Beacon's Point and kind of what the management of that looks like. Here's a question. Then I'm gonna. I I think I have an answer for myself. I've done vendor management for Beacons Point in the earlier days uh, when we were all kind of hands on for everything, and I know both of you have done this. I feel like vendor management is not the most fun job, uh, and can be rather. Um, Try to be nice about this. It can be a real pain. Like there can be things that aren't fun about sure. it. Um, maybe most of it isn't fun about it. Why? Why is that? Like, why is vendor management feel like such a challenge or something that we have to do? Yeah, um, it might be. Like, what are some of the challenges you guys have found? But I think anytime you're managing people, like you're going to have that obstacle. Like managing people is difficult. So managers of teams vendor management, project management, like anytime that you have to be the bad guy and make sure that uh, whatever people are delivering to you is on time and done well, there's always going to be that level of like, you know, hey, this isn't really meeting our expectations or, um, you know, any kind of uh, miscommunications that can happen, timelines, like, you know, people. And I think part of that is knowing that like, people are on the other side of it. Like, it's not just like they're a vendor. Like it's someone probably sitting uh, in their home doing freelance work, working from home, just like I am. Uh, And they're like, you know, shoot, like my kid is sick or, you know, I can't get this back to you on time. I think, um, you know, things where, uh, you know, maybe the information we gave them you know, wasn't enough for them to be able to like produce what we were looking for. So I think there can be miscommunications on, on either side. Uh, and a lot of the problems come from just like whatever the result of that miscommunication could look like. So late timelines, um, you know, not up to snuff work, stuff like that. So it can just, and that just goes for, you know, like I said, managing 
people in general that can just happen. So anytime you have to manage a lot of people, there's always going to be rough spots. But, you know, if Sabina, you have anything uh, that you would like to add to that, that's kind of my take, hot take on that. Yeah, I think you're right about all of those things that it's just comes to like interpersonal communication and not speaking to the people directly and just communicating through like email or different platforms, just like written word, you have to be really clear about what you are looking for. And make sure that they're on the same page as you are. Because if there's like any miscommunications early on, I think that just kind of sets the stage for the rest of the engagement. Um, and then also, I know just for us, we have a very long process and we have quality standards that I would say are relatively high. Um, at least my, my, I'm so type A. So like the standards that I have for outsourced stuff for internal things that we create, like it's, it can be a lot for someone who's not in the process day in and day out to understand what those, uh, markers are that we're looking for so I think just being able to very clearly communicate what we're looking for what our process is and how they fit into like the grand scheme of things is really important and then just like that what you're kind of alluding to that like mutual respect like I'm a person you're a person we're both trying to feed ourselves and pay bills so like let's yeah like let's make this let's make this work like it doesn't have to be painful but yeah it can't it can be painful I have some some stories yeah. of like just things that go go sideways and you're like I don't how did we get here? How did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have some time. <laughs> what are those stories? Give me one. Okay, one. <laughs> Give me a situation. We had a transcriber yeah. um and I think it might have been like a cultural difference just like uh where he was located in the world like I think they had different like standards for like communication. So I would send him one message and then I would get like six to 10 messages in response, like over the course of like two hours. Like if I didn't get back to him, it was just like live tweeting, like, where is this? What What do you think? Like what's happening? Tell me what's going on. And I was like, listen, man, I have a job to do outside of this. Like I will get back to you when I get back to you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. I appreciate it. But we need to like pump the brakes a little bit. Um, and then when I went to like cancel that contract because it just wasn't working anymore for a couple different reasons, but he came back like two weeks later and was like, Hey, are you sure? I was like, yes, I am very sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sure. <laughs> Please don't contact me again. So just, just things like that where it's like, it's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just like different ways of communicating. So um, yeah. it's, yeah, it was, it was interesting for sure. It seems like the overarching theme is communication, because if you are um, so I think if you if you manage a team that's on your own in your own company, you've already established forms of communication, you've worked with them, you've built some sort of rapport. So even though it is a challenge of managing people, you know, you know, you know how, when they're when they're able to talk, best ways to do it, best ways to communicate things with vendors. I feel like you're doing it. Uh, with different types of people, different personalities, you're trying to get them to do follow your method while also matching what's best to get that done. What are what are some of like the skills or um, like behavioral like tactics 
that like that a good someone who someone who manages vendors like should have like what are some good skills that a vendor managed someone who manages vendors should have i think again like the communication piece patience um is key patience that's yeah um because yeah kind of just again like you're gonna need to and there's and like hasina saying like there's times where like i go and send a task to someone and like i'm not gonna be able to come back to that task like for like a couple of days um and for them it's like hey like i sent you this you know like are we good and it's like ah, i haven't had time to get back to you like i'm sorry and you know there's things where um like you have to be able to like keep on it like they are like this like other half of your um like you're saying like your team that just has no context into like what your day looks like versus people on your team like you guys can see like my google calendar you guys can see my asana you can see me on slack you can see all of that a vendor doesn't they just like this like one line of communication you have with them and messages on upwork or something and it's like hello it's like shouting into the void and the same thing back it's like I don't know what else they have going on. So I'm like, hey, did you get those revisions yet? And they're like, hmm. I have to take my kids to school or, you know. So uh, it's like the patience and like how we talk about like setting expectations at the beginning of like, this is like how often we're going to talk to each other. Like, I'm not going to get back to you in the same day. Like, we're going to take a couple days to look at revisions. So I think like the expectation setting at the beginning is really important. Um, but yeah, just those like interpersonal skills that Sabina was referencing earlier, yeah. for sure. And I think empathy is also huge, you know, because like you don't have insight to people's days. So being able to like give the benefit of the doubt, have some kind of empathy and like, okay, if I was in their shoes, I imagine they're managing a bunch of different clients as well. And so like if they're is timeline issues or something needs to be sorted out or a conversation needs to be had. I think it's that empathetic approach to, instead of just being like, well, this is wrong and we can't work with you anymore. It's like, okay, well, they're a human, so they're going to make mistakes. So now we need to give them the opportunity to write this, you know? So it's like that empathy, it's the patience it's, I think critical thinking is a huge part of vendor management because you have to be able to, it's part of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to be able to like problem solve on the spot. You know, if something's not working, you need to be able to make educated, quick decisions without a lot of like oversight from somebody else, I would say, because when I first started with the vendor management, um, we didn't necessarily have like a framework in place. So I was kind of just like messing around to see what worked, what didn't work made a ton of mistakes along the way. Um, and obviously I'd check in with leadership, like, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of that? But the more you get into the process, I think the more you're able to make educated decisions based on your experience, but then also like the rapport you have with whichever vendor it is. So it's like patience, empathy, critical thinking, communication, um, attention to detail, you know, reviewing things. Um, That's a big one. Oh my gosh, what else? There's the, it's like all the interpersonal, almost like soft skills, you know, that you can't necessarily teach somebody. Yeah. So I think those are all really critical. Yeah. But you kind of touched on our framework and I think this is going to maybe, maybe think, 
think about our framework for both of you in this next kind of question is how we've got, we've talked about some of the challenges. How do we solve for those? Like, what did we do here at Beacons Point to say, um, we're having a hard time keeping track of people we've communicated with. How do we give feedback? What is our process for that? You know, how, what are the information we gather up front? Maybe talk about our our framework and, and kind of answer that as what have, how have we solved some of those problems? Yeah, I think like Sabina said, she's really the one that's put the framework together through trial and error. So in inheriting the framework from her, I also inherited all of the problem solving she did ahead of time. So for me, I'm kind of just like, oh, like there's like, I swear down to like how you would type the message out to someone Sabina has put it together. Um, so Alex will have to make sure to share some of those things with the people who are listening as well, like some of the templates we have. But um, yeah, I think like there's like a vendor database first of all, where it's like a list and, and we have it set up in Asana, but this could be like an Excel sheet easily for someone who doesn't have the software, but um, a like sheet that describes like what vendors we use, um, what we use them for. So are they like writers? Are they designers? Do they do transcripts? Um, and then on like a scale of like one to five, like how good they are, like if we're um, you know, working with a specific um, industry, like they're, you know, a great tech writer or like they're a great, you know, legal writer or something like that. So like having different writers for different specialties, especially in, for us as an agency, that's important. But, um, you know, if you're um, just getting vendors for your specific company, like making sure whoever you're picking is someone who um, has knowledge about the subject, um, that you're specifically looking for. So we have like their industry specialty, we have their cost. That's also another important one. That one is like a non-negotiable on ours. When we post jobs is, you know, this is how much we're, we're charging. And if that's a problem, like scoot on the next one. Uh, cause we get so many people applying for our job posts that we have the ability to be picky, especially on Upwork. There's Oh my gosh, so many people you can choose from. So we make sure they have like a really high job success rate, good ratings, good reviews. Um, I think, I mean, Sabina, if I miss anything from the vendor database, jump in. But yeah, mostly like their specialty, how good they are, price, how you what contact they, them, or mm -hmm. any yeah. like so if we notes. Use or, yeah, like any interpersonal notes, you know, like if someone's super particular about um, like payment schedule, you know, like they want to be paid within four days of returning something like notes like that, where if you were to pass it on, like I passed it to Ashley, like this is all the things that I've learned working with this specific person. So like, you don't have to relearn them um, things like that, just so you can remind yourself like, okay, this is how this person likes to operate and I can maximize my success if I do like X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think it's also uh, important to note in this, like we're, we're mostly talking here about like marketing vendors. So I know like vendor management in uh, manufacturing is so much more intense than what we're talking about here. This is more that interpersonal management thing. Whereas I think when it comes to manufacturing its contracts and supply chain and all of these like really intense things that we thankfully don't have to really 
deal with. So we're talking yeah. about vendor management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like freelance or services yeah. or things yeah. like that. Um, I guess we should. I'll, I'll I'll add that to the intro of the podcast. So duly noted there. Thinking about the, you know, we've kind of talked about like uh, what goes into it, some of the skills you need to have for that. I think choosing the right vendors um, is pretty crucial to this process. What do we? What are some of the things we do to vet? Um, vet vendors or contractors, at least here at Beacons Point? We're kind of going through that right now. Um, we're always trying to have as many writers at our disposal as possible. Uh, since we pump out so much content on a regular basis, if we only have a couple of writers and they're all working on something already or um, they're not available, we want to be able to make sure that uh, a lack of vendors is never slowing us down in terms of timeline. So we're kind of always in the process of looking for writers specifically. Um, and then we've been able to find a couple of platforms that like optimize the process. So we've have, we found like a writer platform where you can kind of just submit your work and someone does the gathering of writers for you. And then you kind of tell them, you know, these writers have been great. Let's keep using these versus these ones maybe have not hit the mark. So let's not use them. So we have a couple of writing resources like that, that we've gone through. And, you know, some of them uh, we haven't been successful with. And we know we'll talk about that later, but like, you know, like when to stop uh, trying to use one vendor. Um, and then same thing for design. Um, We've also found platforms where, you know, you can kind of just submit it and someone on the other side is managing it and you can come back when it's done. So those kind of vendors have been really helpful, like finding a platform that does what you're looking for versus like having to go um, and manage the whole process yourself, like Upwork. So we do have both. Um, but those ones that are just like submit and walk away are incredibly easy and very hard to walk away from. So those are like usually my go-tos, but we also try to have a whole host of people on like Upwork or Fiverr. Um, but yeah, I in, remember in the original of, question. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of vetting yeah. people, um, it's there's less vetting on those platforms that Ashley's talking about. I think the most vetting there is like, this is what we're looking for. And then connecting with the people on the management side of those platforms and just giving them a running list of people that we prefer. But when it comes to more like individual relationships, like things like Upwork or people that you use via email and things like that, like personal connections, um, I think the vetting process starts before you even talk to the writers or designers or whoever this person is. It starts with what that, like that expectation setting aspect we're talking about. So like we have documents that outline our entire process and our expectations for the vendor. Like this is what we're looking for. This is how you fit in. Um, these are what you can expect in terms of workload, like how many pieces you're going to get a month. You know, this is like, the price point. This is when you're going to get paid. This is um, the words we use internally. So you're on the same page as us, like all of these things. So it starts with that expectation setting and it can be like a document that has your process and all of your details. So you can 
send it to someone when you're talking to them and say, hey, this is how we operate as an agency or a company. Can you fit within these constraints or these requirements? So it starts there. And then beyond that, you know, it's looking at things like samples, um, ratings from other people and other agencies, like, were they good at communication? How was the timeline? How was the quality? You know, like crowdsourcing that kind of review to make sure that they're not showing critical issues before you even talk to them. Um, and then another thing I like to look at is like, if you give them specific directions in your proposal or in an email you send to them, like, do they follow your directions? Do they ignore you? Are they like, let's discuss after you hire me? Cause like, no, we're not going to do that. It's, it's not going to happen. It's like how you would hire anyone. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty much. To work it's like, do they perform in the interview? Do they have the soft skills like we're talking about that you're looking for? Their their let's, work let's live up to the let's try this. and you know stuff like that. Let's uh let's rapid fire all of the red flags that will keep you from hiring somebody, hiring a vendor, a service, anybody. Grammar mistakes because um, I think I think <laughs> <laughs> number one. Okay, gra- grammar, grammar, especially grammar spelling. Writer. Grammar and spelling. Like, I, come on. I was looking at someone like a couple of days ago and I saw one misspelled word. And we're looking for writers. Keep that in mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. Like maybe if they're applying for like an engineering position or something. But this or is like designer. people like, they, like if I'm finding errors in your proposal to write for me, no. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Because yeah, so like, you're also just giving yourself. Like, then I have to check everything right. you submit with a fine tooth comb, which, you know, you do, but yeah, you kind of expect it to at least have uh, good spelling. I would grammar. say also, like I said, like we have the ability to be picky, which I recommend people should be picky. Um, if their reviews are bad or mm-hmm. like even have like some like really Red not flags. good couple of bad reviews or like a really low, like if you're looking at Upwork, like job success rate or something mm-hmm. like that, like yeah, that's okay. Yeah. There's like tons of people that have a hundred percent job success rate um, and great reviews. Like why would I ever choose someone with bad reviews? Then, like um, communication and vibe check, which sounds so like millennial Gen Z to say, but like if, <laughs> if, the, if the feeling is off in your first interaction with them, it's like, listen to your gut, you know, like I've made the mistake and obviously trial and error, like that's how we got here. But I've made the mistake of looking at someone's uh, profile and it's like, okay, you check all the boxes and then you have a conversation with them and you're like, oh, that I don't really like how they handled this situation or I don't like how they answered this question or they misunderstood something that was very clearly stated. Um, then listen to that. Because this is the first interaction, and if it's if yeah. that's like the foot you start on, I some people's like best version of themselves <laughs> yeah. is like the first like impression. Dating, you know, yeah. it's the first date. Exactly. If they're already like throwing red flags the first time, like it's that's that's gonna kind of set the stage for the rest of your relationship. So nope. listen to your gut. <laughs> yeah, fifteen messages in thirty mm-hmm. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> that's you're not gonna get hired yeah. by Sabina. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm very um, type A. <laughs> so, so I want to I want to flip this around a little bit. So, Ashley, you handle vendor management and you handle handle like 
client management, account management for our clients, how much of what you learn or kind of experience um, with our vendor management do you translate to talking with our clients because our clients, we are the vendor right. that they're managing. Yeah. Like how much do we think about that? Yeah. The things that we go through and what we don't like to working with our clients. Yeah. I mean, obviously like how we're saying we're picky, our standards are high. Um, you obviously, uh, would expect us to be, you know, mirroring that right back. So, um, I think a lot of it is like completely mirrored. So, um, you know, like even starting at the beginning, like expectation setting, as soon as we get a new client, you know, we kind of explain our process, same way with the vendor, um, explain our process to them. Here's how we do things. Uh, it's a little bit on both sides because for our clients also, we're also like, this is how we do things. And maybe we're nut jobs about our process, but it works. Um, but for vendors, for clients, um, new people we hire are like, here's our insane, like 40 step process. If you're not interested, sorry, <laughs> but no, I think it's like at the beginning expectation setting, here's what we're expecting out of this relationship. Uh, like this is what we're looking for you to do. So on both sides, you know, client and vendor, making sure that all is all set up at the beginning. Those like pre onboarding docs we talked about where I think Sabina has like a writer onboarding template of some sort that we'll also share with them. Um, but same thing for clients. We have like, here's, you know, what you can expect from us in the first hundred days of working with us. So we have docs on both sides. Um, obviously, you know, budget. Some of this uh, happens before it gets to me in the sales process. Uh, but obviously our clients know how much it costs to work with us. Same thing with vendors. This is how much, um, you know, we'll, you to do this work so um you know making <laughs> sure everyone knows up front what the costs are um and then i think also the like deadline setting like we talked about our process um you know our process is going to take from this long to this long to produce like a high quality video or like a high quality guide or blog or whatever it looks like um and our vendor fits into that process like right at the, you know, right at the beginning where once our strategists kind of give the direction of what that will look like, the writer writes it and then, you know, the strategist will have revisions so they can expect to write the, like get whatever they're getting from us to write the piece. They can expect, you know, the revisions back, like that's part of the process. Um, same thing with the clients. They know that they have an opportunity once the piece is done to go and, and do revisions. So uh, I think everyone like being really in line with what the again expectations are, the the expectation setting, um, the um, uh, the like rules of the platform a little bit. So our clients know when we onboard them, like you know, we use Asana, we use, you know, Google Calendar, or like, here's all the tools, like, we're going to use, like, here's how you communicate with us. Same thing with our vendors, if we're connected with them on Upwork. Um, Upwork has really, like, not strict rules, but rules in place that if you follow these rules, and like, you get screwed, like, there's someone there in the background to help you with that. But if you just start going and 
you know, emailing your Upwork person on your email, like they tell you not to, and you know, something happens, like that's on you. So they like making sure everyone knows what rules are in place, what platforms we use, um, you know, constant communication. I'm making sure that I have like regular scheduled meetings with all of my clients, making sure I'm checking in and talking with the vendors. Um, gosh, my, my list is getting long. I do a lot of work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, it seems like, it seems like some core, like core values and, and maybe not values. I don't know, like things that, um, seem to cross working with vendors, working with clients. I mean, I think just like kind of business in general is, is being able to set the expectations early, um, documenting everything. Um, even like this isn't so much on the vendor side, maybe less uh, strict, but like API and goal setting, like what can our clients expect from us after, you know, three months of working with us or, you know, whatever. We don't really set goals with vendors, but the goals for them are more like, can you write this piece with only like a couple of revisions? So you can't hit those KPIs that we're kind of setting in our uh, upfront of like, this is going to take you three, four, five plus revisions, like that's not going to work for us. So, um, you know, things like that, where, uh, there's like performance standards that we're trying to meet and same thing with clients. If, you know, they find that, you know, we're not meeting their expectations, they have totally the right to go and explore other options. So I think, um, everyone knowing that there's expect, these words, expectations a thousand times, but, um, like quality, timeline like things like that if those aren't being met like anyone has the ability to be like this isn't what you promised so like we're gonna go explore other options so i think that at will employment you know either side can terminate at any time if they want to so yes okay we are we're getting towards the end here and i have one last question and um maybe maybe you guys go back and forth so sabina you give the first one then ashley then sabina okay until we until we don't have any more um to the to the marketer to the uh client manager to whoever is in charge of working with vendors in more of like a marketing sales role what tips do you have or advice if they are just absolutely struggling to get a good grasp or they're, they're just now getting this put on their plate. What tips do you have? Number one, be patient with yourself. You will make mistakes. I hate making mistakes. Like it is one of my pet peeves, but it's just part of life. You know, like you have to go through it to get to the end. So like, just, just be patient with yourself. The patience that you extend to other people, extend it to yourself because things will happen. We're all human, you know? Say sorry, apologize for what you did, apologize to yourself, move on, because it's going to happen. All right. Patience and be kind to yourself. Ashley. Um, I would say for someone who's just starting out um, is like looking for what platforms are going to work for you. So like I said, there's platforms where a lot of uh, the management is done for you. Um, You know, that comes with, you know, whatever writers or designers those people have uh at will but um using uh review sites like go check g2 or you know any other technology review platforms go see what people like upwork is a big one fiber is a big one 
Um, so kind of going and looking at those sites, checking reviews, um, you know, don't, you don't have to go and like reinvent the wheel. Like there's tons of people who are doing this already. So seeing what other people have done and like Sabina saying, like people have made mistakes, go look at what other people have done first before you have to go make your own mistakes, which you will, but, uh, you know, going and looking at other people what other people have done first as examples, I think it's helpful. All right. You heard it first. Over community. You got another one, Sabina? Yeah. Oh, I have so many, but we don't, we don't, yeah. have, we could go on for days, <laughs> but I think one of them is like over communicate because I think sometimes we have a tendency to like assume everyone knows what we know or like what we're expecting. So it's like, if you're giving directions to somebody who's never been spent a day in your process or even really knows you that well, like over communicate what you're looking for. Or like, if you're giving them a blog outline, like this is what we're looking for. I'm going to tell you in painstaking detail what we want. And then if you do that in the beginning, obviously you can taper down and they'll just know what's going on. Cause that like continued vendor relationship is super important. Um, Cause you have a track record, you have a, you have a history, they know what you're looking for, but in that beginning stage, over communicate, you know, tell them everything. And then they will tell you like, okay, I probably don't need this information, but appreciate it. You know? So just give them everything. So they have yeah. all the tools in their toolbox to be successful. Um, Cause you, sometimes, they don't know what they don't know. It's not even enough. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You, where, like, <laughs> you feel like you are, spoon feeding information and someone's still not getting it, you know that you did everything you could to communicate what you're looking for. And I think something Alex that we uh, didn't cover really in depth, but is important is like, if the relationship is just like dating, the relationship isn't working for you. It's not serving your needs. You've tried, you've tried and tried to make it work. And it's just not, it's just not it move on um and that's another thing with the tips is like diversifying your vendors like you said before like making sure you have a giant pool of people to pick from um so you don't have to be stuck with someone who's not doing the work that you're looking for you have other people that you know are going to be good um and be able to move on to the next person and then you know you have someone that you can work with until you you know replenish that person so i would say like making sure like you're giving them the feedback of like, Hey, this isn't what I'm looking for. Like, I need this to be higher quality. I need this. If you're like doing the really like revisions where you're telling them what you're looking for, if they're consistently not hitting the deadlines that you guys have like clearly set out in the beginning of like, I need a one week turnaround. And like, you've said that and you've said that again, and they're not hitting those deadlines. That's a problem. Communication. If they're ghosting you, um, you know, if there's things that like, you're like, this isn't working, move on because that's going to be a waste of your time. There's literally, oh my gosh, probably millions of people, maybe millions, thousands uh, of freelancers that are like waiting to take someone else's spot. So looking for those high quality people, making sure like communication is clear and consistent, expectations are set, making sure they're working to like fit within whatever you guys have going on because like you said at the very beginning vendor management can be a pain uh but if it's at least 
with people that you've worked with before and know are going to be good, it's less of a pain than it could be. So if you're like, God, I hate vendor yeah. management. It sucks. Like maybe take another look at what vendors you're using and see if it can make your life easier. Cause it's, sh- it should be yes. Like, yeah, you have to manage people, <laughs> but like, it shouldn't be like the worst part of your day. Like that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Life short. You know, you don't don't work with vendors that you don't get along with, that don't communicate well and just aren't good at their that's job. Your tagline, Alex. That's that's yeah, the snippet that you use for this. Uh this podcast. Yeah. All right, I'll note that. <laughs> 38 I minutes. Do Got have it. One more cuz I think it's important. Uh obviously, if you make a mistake, own up to it. Be kind to yourself, all of these things. But also if you do have that gut instinct or you've made a decision, like don't be afraid to be firm. Like obviously be kind, be respectful, act like a person, you know, don't pretend that they have no feelings on the other end of the computer, but like be firm with the decision that you've made, because I can guarantee that there are five reasons why you made the choice that you made. Um, And you don't need to be like pushed around by people. And I only say this because Like I have been pushed around and I don't know if it's because I'm a young blonde chick on Upwork, you know, that people are like, okay, maybe, maybe I can make her change her mind. You know, maybe I can assert some kind of dominance, (laughs) but like, I don't play that way and you shouldn't either. Just if you say no, go with it. You know, you don't, you don't owe people anything other than respect and kindness to a point, you know, and if they cross the line, you You have the ability to say, good, thank you. I don't need that in my life. And my company doesn't need that. So thank you, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like we've made vendor management seem a little scary. But like at the end of the day, if you work with people who have like goals that align with yours and you're both respectful and you communicate well and you work to have like an actual relationship and care about them, an extent like care about them as a person you know because like we have someone that I've I was like sad to pass on to Ashley because I was like I'm gonna miss chatting with her in between (laughs) you know like giving her assignments you know so it's like as long as you have like all of these things in place and you just do your best and admit your faults and keep moving and growing like vendor management doesn't have to be a nightmare you know so that's that's what I will leave you with yeah. in terms of like if you're just starting or if it's really <laughs> difficult, like you have the ability to make it less difficult. So, yeah. Uh, that, that bender who uh, underestimated you probably regrets that. <laughs> yeah, I blocked him, I think. Um, he stopped He stopped contacting <laughs> me, so I'm assuming that I blocked him. Maybe the most contradictory All right. podcast <laughs> well i think (laughs) he had multiple chances i think you guys gave i think i think (laughs) i think you've given some great examples some great tips some great things to think about to you know to implement to you know keep an eye out for some red flags and you know it's i think vendor management is always an ongoing um you know thing people are going to be dealing Mm -hmm. with and so finding ways for it to work for you and the tips and 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 kind of communication tips i think are going to be super helpful so uh ashley thank you for joining as a guest 
I, I mostly yeah. was just like. And Sabina, thank you for joining us. Like, <laughs> well, next time I'll be. More you'll be a you'll be a co you'll be a co guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, co hosty guest. Co-host. Co-hosty. Yep. New word. There you go. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks Alex. Alex. That was today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You know, we had some great information. Sabine and Ashley really kind of were open and honest about the process and some of the key things. And, you know, it's not a surprise, but in most cases in marketing and in sales, it is setting expectations about the process, about what's coming, making, you know, giving people the right information to be prepared and communication. It really kind of comes down to those simple things, really with how you market, how you manage sales, and how you manage vendors, among other things. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to check back. We have some great content coming your way. You know, so be sure to follow us on on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.